Welcome to Dwight in Shining Armor, The Sunken Kingdom, the behind-the-scenes podcast about everything Dwight. I'm Josh Breslow, and I play Yakopo. Today, we're talking about Season 2, Episode 3, All Hail the Woodchuck, written by David Drew Gallagher, directed by James Larkin. Yay! Yay! Guest starring Bonita Frederici, Aiden Alexander, and Ray Porter. Yay! As always, we have a blanket spoiler alert, so if you haven't yet watched Season 2, Episode 3, All Hail the Woodchuck, stop whatever you're doing. You can practice your wailing lamentations some other time and watch All Hail the Woodchuck either on BYU TV or at BYUtv.com slash Dwight. A quick recap. If Woody the Woodchuck, the school mascot, doesn't perform at the most important game of the season tonight, the Woodside basketball team will undoubtedly lose as has always happened whenever Woody has been absent. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Luckily, Dwight, the most dependable guy on Earth, plays Woody. Yay! Unluckily, Dwight is so sick, he might not be able to go on. Oh. But luckily... Yay! Yay! Greta and Baldrick are ready to help for the honor of Woodside. Yeah! And now that everyone's been brought up to date, let's get to our guests. I'm sure you can tell... Back with us again, second episode in a row, is the brilliant and hilarious Sloan Morgan Siegel. Yay, Sloan! And the also brilliant and hilarious Joel McCrary. Woo! Welcome back, guys. Yay, me! Yay! <laughs> Let's jump into the episode. <laughs> so right off the bat, we learn that the biggest game of the season, the only one that matters is tonight, and the crowd is being revved up, and that's of the utmost importance. If the team's gonna, If the team wants to win, the crowd's got to be revved up. But Dwight, who of course is the mascot, of course, and responsible for revving up the crowd, is sick, and it becomes clear that this episode is really going to focus on the huge amount of responsibilities Dwight sets for himself. What was it like for you, Sloan, going into an episode about this specific part of Dwight's character? Oh, I was really excited because we don't get to see enough of Dwight in his element because it's usually Dwight out of his element. Right. Um, it's usually Dwight trying to survive in Baldrick and Greta's world. But it was really cool to have an episode where Baldrick and Greta are sort of uh, adapting to the school environment and they try and help out with him doing all these things that he can't keep up with. Um, and then, of course, make everything not worse, but they they succeed in their own way. Um, <laughs> the same way that you, that uh, Sir Dwight does in our world. Yeah. yeah he so succeeds in his own way and we succeed in our own way. And, you know, this is would normally be, I think Dwight would be up to the task for this and would handle this with no problem whatsoever, but he's sick and he can't and he has to rely on his new friends. Conflict to the plot. (laughs) (laughs) Do you guys prefer when your characters are in or out of their elements? I I love it when um when I'm when I'm out of my element when my character has no idea what's going on and he gets all these wonderful things to react to and uh, try and solve the problem in a unique way and uh, and of course I love the medieval world a lot more so when I get to live in that setting and with those characters I, I think it's a lot more fun uh, just for me personally. What about for you, Joel? <clears throat> I think. Uh, really, for Princess Greta and Baldrick, we're always out of our element, but it's just to varying degrees. Mm. Uh, now, so we may be facing a familiar foe, but it's in a new world. We're always in Dwight's world, uh, but we're facing a foe we know. So he's out of his element facing the foe. We know how to do that, uh, although we're taught new ways that we've never considered before. Instead of just stabbing it in the head, why not talk to it? Uh, so we're always a little out of our element this one or even more so and we don't understand what's going on 
at all. We only know that it's important because it is so important to Sir Dwight, which I think shows where the characters are now that we actually care for each other. And the fact that it's important to us only because it's important to him shows the, the the bond that's been created with the characters. So so we have this kind of horror opening where we see a shadow creeping up on Greta. And of course, the horror of this episode is Dwight's illness, not, not Woody the Woodchuck. He's quite lovely. And throughout the episode, you get different people in Woody's suit. Uh, and, and his physicality changes based on that. But I was thinking in real life, how often were you and Caitlin in the suit? How often was it stunt doubles or dance doubles? How did that work? When I put the head on for the first time and I go out there and I do all the dance moves and whatnot, I wasn't I wasn't even called in to be there that day. So that was a double. That All that stuff. I would have happily done it and failed miserably because <laughs> I am very inactive as, as far as... Uh, Gymnastics are concerned? Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Though I did take gymnastics when I was little and asked to leave because I was so bad, um, <laughs> which is true a true story. Nobody <laughs> doubted it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was all That was all someone else. Um, so whenever the helmet was just on, on, it was someone else. But, um, but I, you can pretty clearly see when I'm wearing it a lot throughout the episode. Um, and then Caitlin, when the helmet gets put on, I think it was all stunts, right? But when it gets knocked off, she... She had it on for some of that because um, yeah. I was sitting right over there. And she so did pretty much all the fight. She did a lot of that herself. Mm-hmm. And then and then first, I think, some of the bigger hits. But yeah, because her head gets knocked off mm-hmm. you know, in, one, in the fight and you have to see that and you can see it's... Her, yeah, so yeah. so that has she, to be. She her. did a lot of a lot of that herself. Yeah. So Baldrick shows up with a solution for Dwight's plague, pestilence, illness, um, and it's disgusting, and it has uh, field mouse intestines in it. So of course Dwight won't drink it, and Dwight reveals that he's actually sick because of the half-off sushi, and Baldrick <laughs> responds that he's drinking it to protect against the have of sushi. Have off sushi. Have off sushi. <laughs> Have off sushi. It becomes one word. Uh, he believes it's a terrible, terrible disease. <laughs> was that a Joel McCrary interpretation of the line, or was it scripted in a way that it was clearly pronounced differently? It was just scripted. Half off sushi, and, and so that was all you. <laughs> well, I, I, I mean, it's the it's a combination of everything, and I think talking with James. Yeah, I, I, remember, like, well, I remember Jim asked you, and you were like, like "How? Yeah, how do you want to say?" It? I said, "Well, I'm thinking it's just kind of." He sees it as one. He hears it as one word. Right. So he repeats it back. It's just Havel sushi. It's a proper name <laughs> yes, of a disease. Of a disease. Yes. <laughs> oh no, he's got the Havel sushi. Um, I, lo- I love that moment. So yeah, it, it was it was it was a combo. I can't take full credit for it, but I'll take partial. <laughs> All right. All right, that sounds. You'll fair. take half of credit. <laughs> <laughs> I will. So you then start peppering Dwight with "Devil Be Gone." Yes, and we see your deep belief in your remedies, which is so funny. And and I realized watching this for the first time that I always think about Dwight's earnestness on the show, but Baldrick is just as earnest about beliefs and customs from his time. What's it like playing that kind of earnestness about things that are so absurd, at least by our standards and right. beliefs? Well, you have to remember where he's from. He's from a time that this was the best known solution. This was the top medicine of its time. <clears throat> Devil be gone, this powder. And probably at some point, somebody sprinkled this on somebody just when they happened to be getting better. And he, and they believe that this is – so for him, this is not – you know, backwoods medicine, this is top of the line, the best medicine that's out there. Now, because he's not aware of what's currently out there. Yeah, also right. before modern medicine, if you got sick with anything, you're kind of 
dead. Yeah. That, that was it. So, yeah, it's, it's life or death importance. And <laughs> right. this is the best thing he knows of. So it's like, yeah, I'm going to sprinkle him with this devil be gone and cast the demons out I love that. because he believes that's what's what's going on. Yeah, I, I love that moment also because it just sets up thematically for Baldrick him being out of his element for the rest of the episode, which we're going to get to more right. in a second. Um, yeah, completely out of his element. Very much so. And so, and, and I feel like that makes you cling to the things you believe in and know. Yes. As, as, as Although I don't think he would exactly admit that. I think he thinks he's always in his element. Ah. Uh, Outwardly, that's the facade he puts out to the world, uh, you know, because he is a magician. So he's a bit of a performer. Mm-hmm. And so appearances are very important to him, um, you know, how he comes across being in command and that sort of thing. So when he is out of his element, he won't admit it. But subconsciously, I think he knows. Mm-hmm. But consciously, he puts up that wall and facade. Mm. Maybe we'll see that breakdown and get to the the softer yes. inner workings of Baldrick's heart as we oh, move yes. forward. We definitely do. Um so when Greta realizes how many responsibilities Dwight has today, concessions, calling the game, performing as Woody, she offers her assistance and we have Dwight's first refusal to admit he needs help. Sloan, do you think on some level Dwight's tendency to overstretch himself is actually what got him sick in the first place? Yeah, absolutely. Because he says all the time, he's like, oh, I take away way too many people's responsibilities and it ends up hurting me in the long run. I believe that's a line for the pilot. Um, but but this is one of the first times you actually get to see it is that, yes, his tendency to accept too many other responsibilities has gotten him sick. Uh, yes, he's going to keep going. No, he's not going to say he needs help. Um, he's just going to keep powering through it because that's what he does. He powers through it. He does what he needs to do because he knows that it's not that he thinks that no one else will help him. It's that he accepted it. Therefore, he must do it. Is it a little bit, though, of the not growing up with parents syndrome for Dwight? That- yeah, yeah, I guess so. Um, that like that like sense of responsibility that he was never really um, parented to have. He just kind of took it upon himself to be like, well, if no one's going to tell me that I need to do this, then I'm going to tell myself. Right. Uh, and I'm I'm going to get this done, and I'm going to get that done, and I'm going to you take all these distractions from what's actually going on, which is that I'm I'm missing these people. Yeah, yeah. I think that's. Oh, funny. it just got really sad, man. Yeah. yeah that's man. A, a to- this episode's a total bummer now. It really is, man. Yeah. <laughs> Watch, watch all hail the woodchuck with tissues. Yeah. <laughs> now that you know the behind with, with the scenes. Tissues just... when you have of sushi. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So the importance of the game hits Greta when she realizes the honor of Woodside is at stake. And of course, Joel, you get to pronounce the titular. All hail the woodchuck. Exactly. <laughs> at full volume. And I, and I love Baldrick's declarations always. Uh, story-wise, however, this is the introduction of the importance of honor in this episode. Mm-hmm. And it'll come back later with the horn being referred to as the honor of Strathclyde. But I don't think we've actually discussed this. Why is honor so important to Baldrick? Well, it's from their day. That was super important. I mean, it was – you had to rely on other people and their honor – uh, to kind of, it kind of parallels, you know, the honor of, are you going to do what you said you did, you're, you're going to do or not. And I think that's, there's like a, like an underlying respect that Baldrick has when he sees that with Dwight, that he's going to live up to his obligations because he has honor and honor is a super valuable commodity from the time that he comes from. It's almost a form of currency in, in some yeah. sense. Well, in some senses, that's all. Some people have. That's all there is. You know, and if you don't have that, then you're a villain. 
you know, it's very black or white. It's like you're either a good, honorable person or you're not. And there's not a lot of gray area. Just look at Yokopo. He he runs by the rules of chivalry, which is a form of honor. Right. And, and that is the main thing that he holds on to. And, and that just goes to show just that character. It, your character in itself goes to show how important honor is to people in that time. Let's see. <laughs> so we talked about it in the last episode with you getting hit by tennis balls. In ah, this yes. one, you take a shot to the stomach with a basketball, which seems like a pretty like solid throw. That was fun. It was a solid throw. Was there just a grip off screen chucking a basketball uh, at was, you every w- shot? Once it was again, Frank. our stunt coordinator. Frank uh, Bear. Yeah. Ba- oh, yeah. Frank Bear. Frank Bear oh, I thought you said Banked Bear. I was like, you giving Banked a nickname now? <laughs> Banked uh, Bear. Banked Bear. My buddy Banked Bear. Uh, but yeah, Frank Bear, he... Uh, we, we, we went and practiced the, the basketball shot. He was like, I'm just going to throw it to you and you catch it and um, and then just kind of give a bit of a, you know, like, Hoo. it wasn't quite looking right the way with me just catching it. I was just like, just hit me with it, Frank. Like, like just do it. Because um, that's that's usually my go-to. Of like, if you're going to hit me with something, just hit me with it, get it on camera, and then we can make the world laugh at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, he threw that very hard. I caught it. Not really. I, I got hit with it and then caught it and then uh, went down. So, went yeah. down to the, yeah. yeah. But, that, but that's true because a lot of times you can just tell yeah. if somebody's doing something. It's like, well, we don't want to hurt you. We want to, you know, but it's like, it doesn't look good. And I can tell I'm having to, it's just, just do it. Just do it and get it in one or two takes yeah. and don't make me do it again. As Joe McCrary says all the time, uh, pain is temporary. Laughter is eternal. So Woody <laughs> maintains the honor of Woodside by beating up a child. And the, <laughs> and the best, As you do. Yeah, and the best worst idea happens. We put Baldrick on a mic to call a basketball game. And we get one of my favorite recurring bits on the show, which is Baldrick's interpretation of the modern world. So what's it like when you get to do these moments, when you are vocally interpreting how Baldrick sees the world for the audience? Right. Well, again, I, you know, I know at this point, Baldrick is, this is important to Sir Dwight. It's an obligation. It's his honor at stake. And so I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to do my best. But he, again, he's a magician. He's a performer. So he gets in front of a crowd. And when I first auditioned for this, one of the things that Leanne said that wasn't in the description of the character when I was auditioning, uh, she said, well, you know, he's he's a bit theatrical. And so I've always hung on to that. And, and in the audition, that was like the moment that I go, oh, I get this guy. I know who he is. Um, so that theatricality, that's a word. Yeah, uh, it is now. I, I barely got it out. Uh, but uh, it, it's one of those things. And in that type of situation, he likes being in front of a crowd and performing. And so I think when he's aware of that and he comes out and is announcing, <laughs> this is not unfamiliar to him. He doesn't know what he's saying, <laughs> but he knows how to perform. So I, I think there's the part of him that enjoys that. It's also the honor of Sir Dwight. Um, and he gets over there and he's just doing his best to interpret what he's seeing. Basically, that was like a page and a half monologue. Really? Yeah, that just straight through with all this action. None of that action was going on. Oh, no. So I didn't have any of that to help me keep track. So it was one that I just had to memorize and know. And that was my prayer was it's like, oh, please let the action be happening in front of me. <laughs> and they just have people kind of running back and forth. But the actual action was not happening. Yeah, so Because a lot of times that'll cue your next line. It's like going, oh, I see this happen. Like oh, they've thrown their hands up in defeat. Yeah, this was one that was like pure looking 
and acting like I'm seeing the stuff, but I'm seeing nothing. Yeah, that's a nightmare. And then knowing a page and a half Ooh. monologue. Especially when you um, say some of the same things over and, and over again. very repetitive. Yeah. The, the red knight's doing this, throwing it to the blue knight, and he does that and throws it to the fishnet. Oh, it's a broken fishnet. And then I go back and I repeat that, but in a different order. It, 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 that was the hardest thing I did, and that was the very first day back after our break. Let's listen to a clip. What are you doing? Wailing and lamentation. You're doing what in the what? Have the lamentations begun? So Greta begins to mourn Dwight's death by wailing in lamentation. Oh, that was my favorite scene. <laughs> Which is so fun. That and was then, fun to do. Joel, you join in. Um, first off, Sloan, the question I always have to ask, how did you keep a straight face? I, during... d- I didn't. Okay. I did not. Just I, no professionalism. Actually, so I... <laughs> well, <laughs> typically, no. Um, but I... So my, my method for in scenes like that when you have to be like like just kind of annoyed is like you, you just play into the annoyed. It's like just zone it out. Like usually more face shaking helps. Uh, <laughs> just like just like turning anything that would be a laugh and just shaking it off and just having like a more confused face. And just like it's almost the holding in holding in the the annoyance of the situation is also like holding in laughter. Uh. So I can use that as well. So I'm like I'm like you know if you can get from those noises what my facial expressions were then I did my job. But they were, they were pained. Yes. Um, but yeah that's that's how I did it. Is that also I don't know. It, sometimes something is so funny that it's easy not to laugh at it. I, I don't know I don't know if that makes sense. It does. But so it's it's so unbelievably funny that you're just like I I could never mess this up. <laughs> uh, and if I did I would never forget give yeah, myself you, you have to stay um, yeah well that's true yeah, I, yeah. I, I get that where it's like that was so funny and if i laugh i'm gonna ruin it and we won't be able to use the take yeah so i don't dare yeah break but for that reason it becomes honor yeah. it's about the honor that's of the right. laugh that's right yeah, <laughs> back to honor uh the other thing that that happened and i remember specifically doing the wailing and, and oh, lamentations goodness it was so funny that you see and and we know each other pretty well at yeah. this point. And you can see the little twinkle yeah, there's in a somebody's in eye. eye. It's like, oh, they're about to go. <laughs> Which, of course. Makes you want to laugh. Eggs us on to go even more. Yeah, oh, yeah you push. Yeah. So it's like, oh, he's about to break. And so then it's like, okay, I'm going to push even further. Yeah. See if I can get Sloan to break. Oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah. So I, And I remember that in particular in the wailing. So I went a little more over the top. Oh, and man. I don't even know what's so funny about someone wailing in, in your face. Just like, it's, ah, you know, like. It was just bizarre. It's, it, yeah, that's the thing. It's, it's the absurdity. It's and the, the earnestness. It. It's it's the absurd and, and ha- it's earnest. Yeah, how and serious that's you hilarious. are about the whole thing. Yeah. And, uh, and it's a real tradition <laughs> that these people have. It's like going, oh, somebody we think you yeah. might die so to show you that we care we we will scream in your face <laughs> did you practice your wailing ahead of time or did that just come out on set caitlin um started with it right. and so so I, I didn't know exactly what she was going to do so when we rehearsed it and then but it's always different when you start shooting because there's a little more energy behind it yeah so yeah. i i was a little more like i'm i'm just kind of meet where she is and uh, i'm going to take it off of you know, 
off of her and what she does and kind of meet that and match it, uh, adding a little baldrickness to it. Also, my favorite my favorite part about the whole wailing is that whenever Caitlin would wail, you would wail louder. And then <laughs> yeah. she would wail louder. Yeah, and yeah. you guys just can, like would one-up each other until they were like, okay, that's enough. Yes. Um, <laughs> which, which made it even better. We've too. been saying cut for the last five minutes. Yes, Please. Someone. Was, well, in, in that little room, it was sometimes hard to hear oh, action really? and cut. And so we'd be sitting there. It's like, did somebody say action? And then we'd hear somebody coming around the corner. We hear footsteps. It said action. Oh, okay. Thank you. Now? Are we still? Yeah. Of course, at the completely wrong time when Greta's going up against when Greta's going up against the real Highlander, she reminds herself that the mascot fights are just for show, having it completely backwards. Yes. Of course, and, at the one part of the story where she believes Dwight. Yeah, yeah. She's and of course Dwight now has sick brain and loses perspective and can't even tell what's. Oh real yeah, and I don't know not. what kind of food poisoning he gets, but it, I remember them telling me they're like, yeah, throughout the episode, you're just gonna get more and more just distorted. You're not gonna be able to know what's going on. I was like. Am, are you sure I'm not dying? Uh, but, but yeah, yeah, yeah I, I start to get really woozy. It's a full-on like fever dream, oh, fever yes. panic at this point. And Greta's about to get killed by a Highlander for the honor of Strathclyde. And Baldrick makes it clear that this is not for show. And ironically, in his sixth state, uh, Dwight does one of the most athletic things he has done on the entire show. Yes! He fights through the fans, climbs the bleachers, steals the horn... And throws it across the gymnasium perfectly to Greta Um, in a very Dwight way. Was this a bit of a step in Dwight becoming a more well-rounded champion? I mean, I I guess. (laughs) I I saw Leading question. I don't think he'll remember that (laughs) at all. I don't think he um, could have done it if he wasn't sick. I agree. I think because he was discombobulated, uh-huh. it was just like pure luck. He didn't overthink it. Yeah, he, no. Because he, he, he overthinks everything. And yeah. He, he, yeah. If, if he was feeling well uh-huh. and he had, it was he probably would have missed he it. would have hit it, the and, Highlander and, instead. It would have been a different yeah, ending. Yeah. He, he would have been like, uh, well, can you move over? Because I'm not going to be able to throw it that far. He would have <laughs> yeah, yeah. overthought it and tried to control the situation. But here he's just like, I'm about to vomit Pretty on these much. people. So I'm just going to throw it. So I don't think it was a step towards being a champion as much as just like just happened to 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 be able to do it because he was so sick but yeah. also yeah. i think i think like joel's saying like you weren't dwight wasn't able to overthink it uh-huh. so he has these like abilities inside him he can't oh, he does. throw he does it have this, these instincts that yeah that he usually stops himself from doing so i felt like it was a glimmer it was one of the mm-hmm. more it was one of the things that Sir Aldred would have been able to do. Oh, yeah. And now yeah. Dwight is doing it. Well, the, the the funny thing about that scene, about running up there all sick, is that that was the very first day we were back. I was there all day, and that was the last thing of the day, and that was the only thing I had to film. <laughs> and the second day, it was the same thing, but it was a different angle. Uh-huh. So I spent two days at the end of the day, each day, doing that one scene. <laughs> and I was so excited to do it <laughs> that I was like... But uh, but yeah, I had a lot of fun with that, too, because anytime you give me a bunch of time with, with uh, background as well... Uh, I'm going to interact with all of them and I'm just going to see what they do because you never know what somebody's going to do. And uh, Do you give them warning ahead of time or do you just do stuff? Very rarely. Sometimes when it's something very like intense, I'll be like, hey man, I'm, are you okay if I like, you know, bump into you or something? But the, but the, <laughs> you okay but, if I step on your face? You okay if I step yeah, on yeah. your face? Are you okay if yeah. I stab you? Yeah. But, uh, but my, my favorite thing to do in that scene was, and I think they cut most of it, but I think one made it in is I would pretend to vomit on pretty much every person. <laughs> yeah. 
and just to see their reaction the whole time was great. But uh, and, and but they they didn't really tell me where I was going. They were just like, "Eh, go find the horn." Uh, Jim was like, "You'll find it." He's like, "It's up there somewhere." Just like, go. He's like, "Go ahead. Um, go walk up there. You're all sick." And um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just see if you can find the horn and and throw it down. And don't don't worry, we'll give you an eye line. And and that's Jim very sweetly directing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I do remember that moment because I remember you being over there, like going. So where exactly the horn's gonna be? Well, just see if you can find it, sweetie. <laughs> and you did. It was great. And was I love perfect. that. I love it when I'm not told what's where something is or how to do like like what's gonna happen because yeah. uh, that that leads for the best reactions yeah. and, the, and best. the camera's like going we'll follow you we'll we'll get it you yep. just go up there and naturally see if you can find it and you did yeah it's a great yeah. scene it's really fun let's listen to another clip <gasps> our victory is assured and our honor is maintained thanks to the woodchuck thanks to you really you guys came through for me today when i needed it it was our privilege sir dwight after all the times you have come to our aid there you are, pumpkin. Dwight, you look awful. I, I just, I just needed all that. I needed that. You know what else you need? Some chicken noodle soup. Thank you. Oh. I am being summoned. After that show, I'm not sure what you can do for an encore. I still have a few more moves. Go get them, Woody. So we get to the ending. Dwight thanks Greta for her help, which is a big moment. Nana shows up and Dwight finally gives in to being sick, which is a really sweet moment. I mean, you're almost like you're on the verge of tears. It's that thing we can all relate to of like, oh my God, I need this. I can relax. But at last, <laughs> Dwight is able to give over a little responsibility to Greta, which is a big thing for Dwight. That's him trusting her. He's letting someone else be there for yep. him, right? So what was this like for you as Dwight? I. Uh, I think as Dwight, he wanted to make it a big moment <laughs> and and it might have come off a bit cheesy when he said it. But um, but I think that that aside, like seeing Nana. Right. I, I love all the sweet moments I get to have with Bonita. She is she's so wonderful. And to be able to call her, you know, family in the show is really great because we we have a wonderful relationship in the show. Um, so so I love any time I get a sweet moment with her. But with Greta. Right. With Dwight trusting her with his responsibilities that he doesn't do that with anybody he right. doesn't even do that with nana um he'll even take nana's responsibilities if he could but i think that was a really big step for him it was a big step in their friendship uh and it was a big step in their champion uh princess relationship which becomes more of a more of a an i don't know i i hesitate to say knighthood but rather you know a princess or a damsel or whatsoever or uh, a champion you know it's it's not that because we we both have our time as the damsel we both has have our time as the champion it's it's more of a knighthood you know it's more of like uh, us together it's 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 not any specific role it's just that we're there for each other and, and that it's a partnership yeah it's a partnership that's yeah. the word thank you i was looking for the word but i could not find it uh it's a partnership yeah, uh, I, and, I had it all along i was just letting you flounder for a while thank you as he <laughs> that's does what partners do <laughs> that's right that's right but um but yeah yeah it's a partnership and um uh and and i think that's dwight's first moment giving into the partnership all right well, let's wrap it up. Okay, let's okay. wrap up season two, episode right. three of Dwight and Shining Armor, The Sunken Kingdom, the behind the scenes podcast about everything Dwight. Thank you, Joel. Thank you, Sloan. Thank you. Thank you, Joshua. Always a pleasure. You can follow Sloan on Instagram at Sloan Siegel. You can follow Joel at McCrary underscore Joel. And you can follow me at the Josh Breslow. 
tune in again next week for season two, episode four, Alden Alpha Day. No, oh, my favorite. It's a great episode. I'm Josh Breslow. Thanks for listening. Go on an adventure today. It might change your life. <laughs>